Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that raises the curtain on everyday history and lets it take a bow. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're looking at a career-defining moment in the life of Charles Blondin, one of the most talented funambulists, or tightrope walkers, to ever step foot on a wire. The day was June 30th, 1859. French daredevil Charles Blondin became the first person to walk across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. The stunt was performed 160 feet above the Niagara Gorge, a little ways down the river from the falls proper. An estimated crowd of 25,000 spectators turned out to watch the 34-year-old acrobat in action. They nervously held their breath as Blondin made his way across the 1,100-foot gap with nothing but a two-inch-wide cable between him and the raging rapids below. The man who would perform professionally as Charles Blondin was born on February 28, 1824, in Edan, France. His birth name was Jean-Francois Gravelet, but he later adopted his fair-haired father's old army nickname, Blondin, or Blondie, in English. When he was four years old, his parents took him to a visiting circus where the young boy got his first glimpse of tightrope walking. It was love at first sight, and Blondin immediately started practicing the routine at home. 
He strung a clothesline between two kitchen chairs and tried walking across while holding his father's fishing rod as a balancing pole. He fell off on his initial attempt, but he got right back on the rope and improved quickly. The following year, his parents supported his dream by sending him to train as an acrobat at the renowned École des Gymnases in Lyon. Three years later, at the ripe old age of eight, Blondin made his first stage appearance where he was billed as the Little Wonder or the Boy Wonder. He was a natural performer and soon became a child star of circuses and music halls across Europe. As an adult, Blondin was recruited by notorious showman P.T. Barnum. He performed throughout North America as an aerialist in the circus troupe and later struck out on his own as a solo performer. In 1859, Blondin announced his greatest stunt to date. He would cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. It was a risky prospect, but he couldn't have asked for a better venue. At the time, tens of thousands of visitors came to the falls each day, not only to take in the natural wonders, but to watch the various street performers and daredevils who set up shop there. Blondin's stunt promised to top them all, but very few people had faith in his survival. One local promoter decided to take a chance, though. He donated 1,300 feet of 2-inch manila rope, complete with guy wires attached to the sides to help keep the rope from swaying too wildly. This rigging was first attached to a rock on the Canadian side of the river, about three-quarters of a mile below the falls. It was then taken across the river in a rowboat and secured to an old tree at White's Pleasure Grounds on the American side. The tightrope sagged about 50 to 60 feet in the middle, giving it a steep slope on either side, a feature which Blondin would later take advantage of to great effect. On the morning of June 30th, roughly 25,000 spectators arrived by train and steamboat and eagerly filled the banks on both sides of the river. Live bands and food vendors kept the atmosphere lively, and Blondin's manager, Harry Colcord, gave tours to the press, walking them through the logistics of Blondin's feet. Finally, at about 4.45 p.m., Blondin took his position on the American side, dressed in shimmering pink tights and a yellow silk tunic. In his hands, he carried a 35-foot balancing pole that weighed about 40 pounds. He half-jokingly asked if anyone in the crowd would like to be carried across on his back, but when no one volunteered, he set out on his own. Bands on both banks played the French national anthem as he began his crossing. It probably sounded something like this. For Blondin, walking less than a quarter mile on a tightrope was a relatively easy task. But to capitalize on the audience's tension, and to give them a longer show, he took his time with the crossing. At one point, about a third of the way through his journey, Blondin shocked the crowd by lying face down on the rope and taking a rest. The Toronto Globe later described the moment, writing, quote, After walking out about 150 yards, he suddenly sank down on the rope and took a short rest. An involuntary shudder passed through the crowd as he thus fearlessly threw himself on his face on the cable, while several of the ladies gave a petite scream and clung more firmly to their protectors. 
That was already more excitement than many folks could bear. Some onlookers even reportedly fainted, but Blondin was just getting started. When he reached the drooping midpoint of the rope, he sat down and then lowered a string to the famous Maid of the Mist steamer, which was conveniently anchored just beneath him. Moments later, Blondin hauled up a bottle of wine from the ship, took a few swigs, and then, feeling refreshed, started making his way uphill toward the Canadian shore. The crossing took a little over 15 minutes total, and after a short break, Blondin made the return trip in less than half that time. It was a sure sign that he'd been holding back on his initial crossing, hamming it up and making his audience sweat a little. The stunt at Niagara was reported throughout the United States and Europe, making the great Blondin a household name overnight. He and his manager cashed in on that success by staging dozens of additional Niagara crossings over the next two years. The first encore performance took place less than a week later on July 4, 1859. That time, Blondin stunned the crowd by not only lying down on the cable, but also flipping over and finishing the trip by walking backward. For the return trip, Blondin upped the ante again by completing the walk while wearing a large sack over his head and body. These kinds of theatrical variations helped sustain interest in Blondin's act and grew even more over the top as time went on. For example, on July 15th, Blondin walked backward the entire way to Canada and returned to the U.S. pushing a wheelbarrow across while dressed in a monkey costume. President Millard Fillmore was in the crowd that day, so Blondin likely felt the pressure to step things up in only the way a monkey suit can. Two weeks later, Blondin somersaulted and backflipped his way across the tightrope. On another occasion, he made the crossing at night, on stilts, while blindfolded. One of his most spectacular feats, though, has to be the time he crossed while carrying a large iron stove. When he reached the halfway point, Blondin balanced the stove on the wire, popped a chef's hat on his head, cracked a couple of eggs, and proceeded to cook himself an omelette. He didn't eat the whole thing himself, though. Instead, he lowered the dish down to the maid of the mist, so that the tourists on board could have a taste as well. Blondin even fulfilled his original dream of carrying a passenger across the rope on his back. In the end, the lucky volunteer wasn't an audience member, but his own manager, Harry Colcord. Before setting out with the top-hatted man clinging to his back, Blondin gave him the following hilarious advice. Look up, Harry, he said. You are no longer Colcord. You are Blondin. Until I clear this place, be a part of me, mind, body, and soul. If I sway, sway with me. Do not attempt to do any balancing yourself. If you do, we will both go to our death. Thankfully, even though a few guy wires snapped along the way, Colcord kept his nerve and both men made it safely across. It was quite a display of trust on the part of Blondin's manager, but by all accounts, he did have tremendous faith in his client's abilities. In fact, Colcord once described him as, quote, more like a fantastic sprite than a human being. He could walk the rope as a bird cleaves to air. After two years of performances at Niagara Falls, Blondin was invited to London by the Prince of Wales. 
As his guest, Blondin performed at the famous Crystal Palace, where he dazzled spectators by turning somersaults on stilts on a rope suspended nearly 180 feet above the ground. Following this high-profile show, Blondin embarked on a kind of decades-long world tour, performing in China, Japan, Australia, India, and all over Europe. His final performance was in Belfast in Northern Ireland in 1896. He was 72 years old. And although Blondin died before his 73rd birthday, it wasn't a stunt gone wrong that did him in. It was plain old diabetes. At the height of his career, Charles Blondin reportedly earned as much as $500,000 a year from his performances. There were a great many of those performances, too. He's believed to have crossed Niagara alone more than 300 times. And if you add up the length of all the various ropes he walked across, it amounts to roughly 10,000 miles. That's an impressive resume for a tightrope walker, and a testament to the passion of a performer who found his calling when he was just four years old. Of course, not everyone was impressed by Blondin's death-defying stunts. In fact, the great Mark Twain once dismissively referred to Blondin as, quote, that adventurous ass. But hey, you can't please everyone. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly to me at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. 